Welcome to the No Shame on You podcast, where we talk to mental health professionals, educators, and advocates. No Shame on You is a 501c3 organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. Our goal is for people who need help to seek it, for family members and friends to know how to provide proper support and to save lives. Now, here's your host, No Shame on You's founder and president, Miriam Ament. Welcome to the 18th podcast of No Shame on You, an organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. My name is Miriam Ament, and I'm the founder of No Shame on You. Today, we are joined by Jessica Loving, author of Billy's Sister, Life When Your Sibling Has a Disability, and founder of the Center for Siblings of People with Disabilities. Jessica, hi, it's so wonderful to have you on our podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So excited to have you here. And I wanted to give a special shout out to the fantastic Linda Hasse who connected us. Yes, she's the best. (laughs) Yes, so a special shout out to Linda. Um, So first of all, I wanted to ask, how are you doing during these uh, extraordinary times in our world? These are such challenging times and I just want to start by just asking how you're doing. You know, yeah, I guess I can't complain. We're very lucky to, you know, still be employed and have a house with a yard. It's not a, it's a shared house situation, but, you know, nice to be able to be outside. Um, and we just got a puppy. So that's keeping us plenty busy during these days at home. That's great. That's great. It sounds like a lot going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell us, um, um, and how's the puppy training going? So far, so good. She's learned a lot of, um, yeah, she's learned all the commands. It's just that she actually does them when she's asked to. <laughs> the distractions get in the way. Right. Um, but she's getting there. Definitely making right. progress. And how's changed. So that was, you know, number one thing. She hasn't had an accident in several weeks. We're very happy. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Hey, every step is a <laughs> yeah. step. That's awesome. So totally. tell uh, no, that's awesome. So tell us about your book and uh, what prompted you to write it. Yeah, um, so basically it started when I was in high school. Um, and actually, so my brother Billy has autism and he's about six years younger than me. Um, and when I was in high school, he was in um, middle school, I guess. And he um, had been getting services at a nonprofit near us. It was actually the Jewish Children's Bureau at the time, um, which used to be a department of JCFS. And they mentioned to my mom that they had a lot of siblings coming in and that there were a lot of parents asking how to support the other kids in the home um, who were often having maybe like acting out behaviorally or were feeling really anxious um, and were just having uh, a hard time, you know, adapting to the situation at home. And so I've always loved to write and, you know, in high school I was very involved with like school paper and yearbook and always doing a bunch of different projects. So My mom mentioned, you know, what if I put like a little something together that they like, you know, a little story about me and Billy that they, that's my brother, Billy, um, that they could have to share with the kids at the clinic. And so I wrote just kind of this little children's story about me and my brother. And I had a friend do some little cartoony illustrations, who's also a high school student. Um, And they helped us get it like published at Kinko's, you know, kind of just fake found together. Um, very homemade little thing and they had a bunch of copies made that they used in their clinic and then we got some extra and started selling them around to our friends and family Um, and that really it kind of just stayed that you know there were a few copies in our basement for years and years and about a year ago 
um, year and a half ago, I realized there still weren't a lot of resources out there for siblings. And so I was able to upgrade the book a little bit. <laughs> now it's been officially published. It's available on Amazon. Um, and yeah, really all of the other work that I've been doing with siblings flowed from there after there was just a lot of interest in the book from families and siblings. Great. And tell me, and I, I as you know, I am a proud owner of the book. And um, what has been the reaction? I know we talked about uh, before we went on, on air that some of the things that really resonated with me was the idea of it's not fair. And it's not fair that either you know, Billy's getting so much attention or he can do something and doesn't get in trouble. But if I do the same thing, I get in trouble. And I, what, what has been the feedback and reaction you've gotten from people as you put the book out? Yeah, you know, I think the, that's the piece that I see is the most valuable in there. And when I was developing the book, you know, I wrote part of it is most of it is just my true kind of memories of growing up with my brother. But I had worked with some of the therapists at the clinic who um, were talking about a lot of the things that come up with siblings and that piece of, um, you know, being jealous or not getting all the attention all the time or not understanding why um, the same rules don't necessarily apply to you that apply to your brother or sister with a disability. Um, those were the pieces that I think um, kids were having trouble understanding and having trouble seeing represented. And, and you know, a year and a half ago when I did kind of, um, like before I published the book for real, I looked to see, well, surely someone must have done this already. There must already be a book about siblings out there. And what I saw was that there really are not many. And the few that exist that are like children's picture books for really young kids um, tend to just really focus very much on the positive. It's kind of, um, you know, the, well, my brother or sister may have a disability, but they can really still do a lot of things and we're still best friends. And, um, you know, that, and that's really important and wonderful. And I think those are also great books to have in your collection. But I think when we see kids, you know, acting out or developing, um, you know, anxiety issues and things, especially as they get older, because they've had some of these things deep inside that they haven't been able to express. Um, that happens because they haven't been able to, you know, put a name to I feel jealous or I feel guilty or whatever some of those more difficult emotions are. Um, so, you know, I think the reaction has been really positive. Most people who have seen it have been really grateful um, that they're able to use the book to start those conversations with their kids. And we've actually had a lot of adult siblings reaching out to us and saying that even they really resonated with the book because it's, it's crazy. I have like 20 year olds and 30 year olds and, you know, all the way up emailing me to say, you know, I've never seen my story um, told so honestly before. And, you know, and they're like connecting with this children's book for kids three and up, you know, so, right. um, it's like, but the response has been really good. I've been really um, happy to see that people have appreciated the honesty. That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. And it's well-deserved because um, it is a very, uh, very powerful book. Uh, and and I, like you said, was very very needed. Uh, it, we you just touched on um, some of the issues are jealousy or anger or guilt that one can have when one has a sibling with uh, a disability. And we talked about that there are actually very high rate high rates of anxiety, depression, and other mental health conditions among siblings uh, um, among individuals who have siblings with disabilities. Can you uh, speak to, other than the stuff we talked about with like the guilt and the jealousy, the, the other ways that this can come about and how you depicted this in your book? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, you know, it's been so interesting. After 
writing and publishing the book more recently, now I've had the chance to do a lot more research and exploration around this subject through our podcast and then the development of our nonprofit. Um, and we've, you know, because I'm not a psychologist, but through a lot of this research, what I've learned is that it's really, really common for kids to um, kind of feel like they take on a, like a parentified role, like we talk about parentification, um, and kids feel like, even this is not um, something that's necessarily directed by the parents. Like parents always, a lot of times parents will get, you know, defensive or say like, well, I didn't tell them they had to take care of their brother. Um, but kids feel like I can, you know, they can see that their brother or sister needs extra help, or maybe they see that they're getting bullied, or maybe they see that their parents are stressed out going to all the doctor's appointments. Um, and so the kids take on this additional role of, well, I need to make sure that my brother or sister is safe, or I need to do really well in school and not get in trouble because mom's already stressed and I don't want her to have to be stressed about me. Um, right. You know, and so that was a really important piece to try. And, um, and you know, I don't think we really called that piece out specifically in the book, but by by virtue of being able to to show a picture of a you know kid in the book saying sometimes I feel angry and that's okay sometimes I you know feel embarrassed and that's normal um, and then you know you take the next of the thing you know I know that it's not his fault or her fault I know that um, you know if I can explain to my friends what's going on they're going to understand but it it does start often with feeling embarrassed. Like what if my friends come over and they don't understand what my brother or sister is doing and I feel really awkward. And it's, it's really normal for kids to have those emotions. And it's hard to say, especially when you have parents and teachers and, you know, we're, it's such a beautiful thing that we're such an accepting um, community. And I think that there's been a lot of growth in the larger society around um, you know, being very disability like positive and the way that we talk about disability is much more inclusive now. Um, right. But it can actually make it really difficult if you're like three, four, five, six years old and you don't feel like you can kind of sense that it's not okay to say I didn't like that or that made me feel uncomfortable. Um, right. But those are still valid emotions. And if we try to, you know, shove that down or say, well, you shouldn't feel guilty, you shouldn't feel embarrassed, that is what can create this anxiety or depression or, you know, just um, confusion about your feelings later in life because it's really difficult to reconcile. Like, I don't want to feel this way. Or I'm not supposed to feel this way, but I do. <laughs> you right. know? So um, right. we just, you know, we really wanted to validate those feelings and then that can set the stage for, you know, it's one thing to feel a feeling. The next step is, well, how can I deal with it? How can I react to it? But the first thing to do is just let them know that it's okay to feel that way. Right. And like to name it and, you know, say that this is a, this is a thing, like you're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned your nonprofit. Can you tell us more, uh, tell us, uh, you know, uh, what it's called and, and tell us about what you do and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So the, so basically the book came first and then from the book came the podcast. Um, and the podcast was really me, um, you know, I have a journalism background and so I was kind of trying to explore a lot of people after the book came out had been asking me, well, what other resources are there? Or, you know, here's my situation with my kids. What should I do? It's like, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I work in marketing. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, so I used the podcast to try and do some interviews with experts to gain more understanding of what parents and siblings and, you know, teachers, therapists can do to be supportive. Um, and to sort of just share sibling stories and add, um, you know, awareness of what siblings go through. 
and through that really discovered that there is still a strong need for creating more resources. We just don't have that many. Um, you know, there are a lot of nonprofits geared towards supporting kids with disabilities and adults with disabilities, but um, the siblings are often left out of those larger organizations. Um, so through the podcast, we kind of started building connections and people reached out to say they wanted to help. Um, so we formed a board and we've got, you know, an advisory committee and just a few months ago finally received our um, tax exempt status from the IRS. So we're officially in business. Awesome. Um, and yeah, we, yeah, so we focus really on, you know, the it's, we're supporting the podcast and building awareness. And then we're actually working now on making additional resources for siblings. So um, we have an activity book in the works that is kind of a companion piece to the book um, that helps kids like draw and work through some of those feelings um, through coloring. And then we're also working on a chapter book for older kids. Um, and yeah. we just generally have a couple of um, awareness campaigns that we try to do. And then before coronavirus, we were getting started with a lot of in-person programming as well. Um, we've, moved, we've moved some of that virtual, and we're working on kind of expanding our virtual offerings, too. So lots to come. We have really big goals and dreams for the future. Right. And we're, no, Shaman is excited to be, we have a program in the works, a virtual program in the works. So we're excited uh, to be a part of all the wonderful work you do. Um, you mentioned, um, I'd love for you to give our listeners, you mentioned uh, that you've been talking to a lot of experts and professionals about sort of tips and resources and, and um, helpful ways to navigate the siblings. And uh, I was wondering if you could share with our listeners some of some of those tips, uh, some of the key tips that you've heard that really resonated with you and that might have helped you as you were uh, growing up and, and, you know, still dealing with this, but, you know, growing up. Mm -hmm, sure. Um, I think mean, so the main thing really that everyone has talked about is that validation piece. And so that is the thing that I'm always stressing for parents um, and for teachers and therapists and other people who are, you know, supportive adults in kids' lives as well. Um, so, you know, parents often, when we, when we talk to parents, they, they often immediately feel guilt, too, when, they, when we talk about siblings. And the immediate thought from parents is, well, I know I'm just, you know, there was a crisis situation or I'm really overwhelmed with all these doctor's appointments or whatever the case may be. Um, and I know that I'm not spending enough time with the other kid and I, I feel terrible about it. And I just don't know what to do. And, you know, what we've really learned is that it's actually okay. Like, it's really not as much about the quality time. And to kids, you know, obviously, if you can spend more quality time with other kids, that's wonderful. I'm not saying don't do that. Um, right. But that validation piece actually doesn't take any extra time. It's not, you don't actually have to change the situation. You just have to make space for it to be okay. Like, we've talked about this a lot during quarantine, for example, that, um, you know, if you have, uh, a parent that's trying to work from home and also homeschool, like there might be a situation where you say um, to your other child without a disability, like, I know, you know, I'm sorry, but you just, I'm not going to be able to help you with your homework right now. I have to do this with your brother. Or I know that you were really looking forward to playing this game with me, but I've got to take care of your sister and do her online speech therapy or whatever. Um, all that has to change is to say, I know it's not, it's not fair. I'm sorry. You know, this, this really stinks. I'm stressed too. You know, just kind of that acknowledgement that this situation is not ideal and it's okay to be upset about it. Um, that really makes such a huge difference and it doesn't take any extra time. It's just allowing for 
I want to say that I see you. I see the pain that you're going through. Um, and maybe if you can, it's a promise that, you know, next week I'm going to take you out for ice cream or, you know, you and me will have some one-on-one -on -one time. Um, but just letting them know that it's okay to feel frustrated um, or, you know, like we talked about that embarrassment, that guilt, just to, to allow that conversation and even sometimes to prompt it, to say, you know, if you're at the grocery store and a sibling has a meltdown, um, you know, obviously in the moment, the parents have to triage, you're going to take care of the kid having a meltdown. But maybe when you get home or later, it, you can say, hey, how did you feel about that? Or I know that might have been scary or embarrassing. Um, you know, maybe you can even drop some of those words, like give them a couple of options of how they might have felt and ask if one of them resonates. Um, just so that they know that it's okay to have those feelings. Uh, so that's the, the really the biggest thing. And then after that, I would say, you know, as much as possible to find peer groups so that kids have other um, kids that they can under, like talk about that who understand what they're going through. So, um, and that's a lot of what we were getting started with doing. Um, we were trying to host some events for siblings and we're hoping to have more after quarantine. Um, and we have been moving some of our sibling groups online. Um, and then there also are, there's a program called Sib Shops, which is a wonderful curriculum that's run through um, an organization called the Sibling Support Project. And they're one of the other sibling-focused organizations out there that does amazing work. Um, so we're constantly looking for ways to promote what they're doing and amplify their work. Um, and parents can definitely look up if there's a Sib Shop near you. Um, they are all over the country. And I know we talked about potentially, you know, if we can get some partnerships going within Chicago organizations and the Jewish community um, to offer more of them, we would love to be able to provide that to more kids. And they have started to do a few online um, through the Sibling Support Project as well. So any chance that kids can have to just meet, um, you know, peers who they can openly discuss what's happening with is really, really helpful. For sure. That's great. It sounds like you have so much wonderful stuff going on and you're providing such such uh, wonderful support to so many people. Uh, thank you. We are definitely trying. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. It takes, I, I get it. It takes, you know, and then it takes time. And then also with uh, the world the way it is, it's, yeah, it's been uh, challenging to navigate a, a bit. But um, it sounds like you're really getting up there. And I know that we're excited to work with you as well. So tell us, where can people find uh, your organization and um, information about your book and anything else you want to share. Yeah, so I realized I don't think I actually said the name of our nonprofit is the Center for Siblings of People with Disabilities. Um, you can check out our website at siblingcenter.org um, and the links to everything else are there to the book. You can find the book on Amazon as well. Again, it's called Billy's Sister, Life When Your Sibling Has a Disability. Um, and the podcast is called The Special Siblings Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, I think Stitcher now. Um, but yeah, most places where you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find it. Um, but yeah, again, everything can be centrally located at siblingcenter.org. Great, great. Thank you. Well, is there anything else before we wrap up? Is there anything else you want to share? Um, you know, I don't think so. I'm really excited for our upcoming webinar. So I'll definitely put, you know, a shout out for that. People should for sure sign up. Um, and it should be a really good time. Yes, very excited. And um, more on that coming very soon. Uh, thank you so much, Jessica. It's such an honor to talk to you. And I'm so glad we were connected. Again, shout out to Linda. And uh, I look forward to being in touch uh, very soon. Fabulous. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.